Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Got our take cannons loaded and ready. Ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. Boys are back. Baby. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is reception. Reception. The show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Coe, Matt Harmon here with you. You're listening to Reception. Perception of the show. Big time week four is almost in the books here, Matt, as we record on a Monday afternoon before the Monday Night Football game. How you doing, pal? I'm doing good, man. You know, it's um, we're, we're kind of getting to a point of the season where, I, I don't know, you want to start to say that things are normalizing, things are sort of getting to a point of <laughs> expectations, but then other teams, like, it, it is funny that, like, the NFL season, we want to try to say that things are what they are. I mean, and there are certain teams, it's like, okay, you, you get it. Like, the Carolina Panthers, for example. I mean, they're a dumpster right. fire. Like, there's no saving them. They're, they're, <laughs> go ahead and, go ahead and put, like, file that away. Like, we, we know what's going on bury there. Bury them, all right. Yeah, bury, yeah you, can go ahead and, you can go ahead and bury them. I mean, we've got headlines okay. like, Oh, Sam Darnold's not ready to come off of IR, or he's you know he's eligible to come off IR, but he's not ready to come back yet. And you're like, ah, oh, darn it! Like, and that's where <laughs> that's 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 where you're at if you're a Carolina Panthers fan. Right, so there are certain right. teams like that we can just go ahead right. and like, and we know what they are and whatever. But then there are other teams that you know it's like different chapters of the season are are mm-hmm. are extremely different from how things will be at the end. Um, certain units will like find themselves certain players will start will, will sort of kind of find themselves production will you know if they're really down low they might come up somewhere towards the middle or they're really high they might come up somewhere towards the the median expectations whatever so this is sort of a, a really fun part of the NFL calendar where we we think we've got a handle on things but right. we really might not in certain circumstances so that's why that's why the sport's fun and that's why it's engaging i was talking to one of my colleagues uh, Lindsay rhodes as a matter of fact who um who drafted austin eckler i think number two overall right and she was yeah. all uh before we got into <sighs> oh, the yeah. week was was very you know furrowing her brow about you know austin eckler's production how she wasn't happy with his usage and uh his usage around the goal line these kinds of things and it's funny you know i go online i go on twitter and she's not the only person that's feeling this way. Like, Oh, Austin Eckler's been a disappointment. No, Austin Eckler's been this and that. No. Then I'm like, wait, has he really? Cause I, I was like, I, I didn't think he was having a bad season. I go look at his game log. The guy's got double digit PPR points each and every week. And he's the RB 13. And I'm thinking, 
this is the guy that we're talking about. <laughs> like, what do we, I don't, I'm so confused. Like he's the RB 13. Then of course he goes absolutely ballistic right. week four. And then to your point where we all start coming back to, you know, median expectation. Guess what? After four weeks, I, I pro- he's going to be like a top two or three running back in, in fantasy football. Once again, right? Like delivering on his like draft price. It's like, this is how it goes. Yeah. This is all you want from your superstars. You want them to kind of survive, survive, survive. Don't give you any backbreaking weeks, you know, contribute to your fantasy team. And then boom, they hit you with this, like just nuclear warhead of a week four. You know, this is what's, this is what fantasy football is all about. He, he's currently the RB five uh, Austin Eckler on the season in, in half PPR. Right. So right. like the, the standard, like Yahoo scoring. Right. Um, so no, that's exactly how these things go from a, from a production standpoint and from a fantasy standpoint. I mean, I'm right. pretty happy he's coming off a big game. Okay. I don't have to ask him like, <laughs> so buddy, so... what's the deal with the Sony Michelle thing? What the, what's the, I, I don't have to, I don't uh, yeah. have to do any of that nonsense. Oh, there right. will still some, be some people like micro, like uh, psychoanalyzing, microanalyzing the, um, you know, the the backfield split and all. It's like, okay, come on, give me a break. But he scored three touchdowns. I don't want to hear it. Right. Um, like, I almost wonder if fantasy footballs become like too popular and we think about it and care about it too much. I mean, I don't want to say that because we all, you know have jobs and careers off of it yeah, right? make a living <laughs> on this yeah you make a living on this and i i'm not I, I don't i don't have any other skills okay i'm not i can't yeah. do anything else so maybe right. like you know i don't know maybe be a professional fisherman i guess that's like pretty much i can't even really do that well so um like a life at sea might maybe that's my only other hope here but um i don't know what the hell i'm talking about anyways my point here is <laughs> like we the week the week by week like hyper focusing on on what everybody does on a week-to-week basis it's yeah it, it, it's just this is you're right this is how it goes i mean look at justin jefferson man like yes he has 14 yards against the lions you and Welcome i sit back. here and talk you and you and i sit here and talk about oh man what's going on with justin jefferson well one the freaking vikings win the game you know he has he has 14 yards and then the next week he comes out and drops a hammer Th- yeah. that's what you're right that's what superstars do for the most part i, I feel like we've gotten a little too a little too spoiled maybe is, is the way to say it. Like most guys go through peaks and valleys. And of course we talk about it and we, we analyze it and we break it down, but it's just not that it's like, it's not that surprising. It's like when people ask me, you know, Oh, this guy's not doing this. Like, are you panicked about it? Like, no, probably not. Like if he doesn't do, I know, I know that doesn't help you on the week to week, like (laughs) sort of tilt or whatever, but like, let's see what happens at the end of the season, man. Like that, that's when we'll know if guys are good or not. Honestly, I I think the week to week tilt is what makes fantasy football fun though. You know, that's why it's so popular is that because people do get, get tilted. Oh my God. Speaking of tilted, I am a complete dumbass, and in my league of record, huge buy-in, I left Alvin Kamara in one of my spots. I was like, I have to be the only fantasy analyst in America (laughs) to not wake up early enough to get Alvin Kamara out of my life. I'm a complete dumbass. Yeah, no, you honestly, yeah, you are a dumbass. (laughs) Like, what what is your excuse? Because you- I'm awake. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. It's like, I'm awake. I'm like, I'm there. It's like, I, I mean, I get up at six, right? So it's like, all right, cool. I just, I don't, it's weird. Like, I just don't check my lineups like that early in the morning. Like, it's not part of my routine. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Well. Like, I get up at six, I'm looking on Twitter, blah, blah, blah. I'm like checking my emails. I'm like looking at scripts and all this other stuff. And like, and then I like, 
just didn't think about it. And then it's like, I got a random start sick question about like, okay, with Kamara out. And I'm like, yeah, with Kamara out. And I was like, oh my God, Kamara's out. <laughs> and I didn't change it out. I was like, it was so bad. Tough Anyways, scene, man. Sorry, James, the tea leaves I, were there. Get, I didn't. You get no sympathy so, from me. It was bad. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, exactly. I, it, and it was, it, that was like the big hot topic this week too. It's like, oh, should commissioners be allowed to swap out people on the West Coast who forgot to? Like, no. What are you no, talking about, no. dude? Like, absolutely not. Eat that bagel, dude. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's tough for you. It's tough for me. I mean, I'm in a huge buy, and I I could legitimately lose this week and go one and three. I'm in big time trouble. But even I'm not like you. You got to swap out my guy it's like no that's stupid that is absolutely yeah. stupid uh, how how soft on how soft have we become as a as a people that folks want to retroactively take a guy out of their lineup okay i know but so get bad. get your Actually, ass out of you can do it from bed you can I you know. don't even have to yeah. wait you can yeah. roll up one eye open look at your phone and take him out of your lineup like i don't want to hear any excuses okay yeah. Do what you need, like have some personal accountability and do what you got to do. We have really gone down a rabbit hole here. Wow. (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) The show that we're supposed to talk about, um, I wanted to talk about the Steelers. I'm going to talk about Rashad Bateman, talk about the Bills as well. And then Colts fans, you know, we're going to try to get around to Alec Pierce and see, uh, see, is there a little, open the hood a little bit. Is there something to get excited about uh, with the rookie? Out of Cincinnati. All right, but let's start with George Pickens. Speaking of rookies, has George Pickens arrived? Went from two targets to seven targets to now eight targets here in week number four. One reception, three receptions, and now six receptions. Actually cracked 100 yards as well. Something that Deontay Johnson has not done this Mm. season. 102 yards for George Pickens. Has he arrived in Pittsburgh? It's a great question. Uh, you know, we briefly talked about George Pickens uh, last week on the podcast. And, you know, I said I just started kind of charting his rookie film. And, you know, what I said last week remained true through most of the Mitchell Trubisky starts that they were just having him get his steps in, man. Like uh, he was wind sprinting <laughs> down there. I have, I don't know that I've ever seen a player run so many go routes. And I'm just talking like the lowest of low percent, which, you know, the balls on that guy to come out and say like I'm open, you know, what did he say? 90, 99 99%, yeah, something crazy. 99% yeah. of the time like buddy, no you are not. And it's not really your <laughs> fault, but uh <laughs> like he, he's just running the lowest of low percentage routes. Uh I think one of the things you know that was really holding him back was was that deep route percentage. I mean, especially from, you know, Mitchell Trubisky's standpoint, um that you know, I think he showed a lot of promise though from like a route by route basis when you actually got to see him run some non-go routes I, I i'm really struggling to kind of put into words what the takeaways were before before this picket game and we'll get to that in a second because yeah he he's just really run, like i said just running go routes man it's it's absurd like th- the guy certainly was a collegiate deep threat right um you know he's a guy that like we saw him make that freaky catch uh, against the cleveland browns on thursday night right. football and he has catch of the year those, candidate for sure Probably, I mean, maybe yeah. catch of the last like five years candidate. It was it was that good. Um, I still think the Beckham catch was better. I know that was a big a big talking point, but you know, oh, it's a hundred percent. It was better. Why? Why are you? I, I don't even know why we're debating this. The Beckham catch was way better. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, but you know, nevertheless, like Pickens has those freaky catches like in his arsenal pretty much every single week. 
just wasn't getting to see it a lot because, like, you know, Mitch Trubisky's not really give going to give the guy like a lot of chances down the field. That was one thing that I think Kenny Pickett to kind of move it into into that that area on Sunday. Like Pickett was willing to give his guy some chances. I mean, even I I, I couldn't tell you how hard I rolled my the, like my eyes rolled in the back of my head on that Chase Claypool uh, Kenny Pickett's first interception. You know, he had three interceptions, and I would say you could kind of give him a pass for two, at least like. One and a half of the three, uh-huh. and that 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 yeah. Chase Claypool one. I mean, dude, Chase Claypool, come on, bro, make a freaking play in a contested situation <laughs> once, just just once. I mean, for a guy who said he was like a top three receiver, he's like a bottom three receiver in contested catch situations. At least he has been in his first three NFL seasons. Like that's been his biggest weak point in uh, in reception perception. Like I've talked about Chase Claypool, he had a pretty good rookie season and just was one of the most disappointing players that was charted in 2021. Um, couldn't get separation, wasn't winning on a route-by-route basis. His technique <clears throat> was terrible. Um, but both of those seasons, he really struggled in contested situation. And I'm like, what are you doing, Chase Claypool, with the L-shaped arm, okay? Like, you <laughs> get your arms up there and make a play. Like, even if you don't catch that ball, it doesn't yeah. have to – it doesn't have help to be your an guy interception. Out, man. Yeah, help yeah, exactly. help your guy out for God's sake. So, yeah. um, that was really disappointing. And then, no surprise that you know Claypool falls sort of to the, the bottom of the pecking order there, and Pickens continues to rise up because Pickens will go get that ball, right? Like he's not oh, quite. God, yes, Jesus. He'll he, he'll go fight for it, right? He's he's got a he's got that dog in him in contested situations. So <laughs> there is, that yeah. was really good to see. Um, and honestly, just it it was time, man. I I know Mike Tomlin was you know, kind of preach, preaching patience. Well, his patience ran out with Mitch Trubisky in the first half of that game. And, you know, Mitch was after the game talking about how he was upset to be bench. I mean, come on, man. I, I, I don't know what we're doing here anymore with Mitch. Like he just, he's just a limiting factor. He looks like the same old quarterback back from the bears and, you know, hadn't really taken any steps forward and, and Pickett at least did fling the ball downfield. I also think, you know, Mitch has some wheels to him, but Pickett, I think has more, functional athleticism if that makes sense like his yards 100%. per carry doesn't look great because he popped in those two short touchdowns but one of them was like an, an option play I mean he he can actually get out there and create um a little more than I think people give him credit for so I I think he just brings more juice to this offense overall uh the funny thing about Kenny Pickett is that every single pass was caught 10 of 13 <laughs> yeah his three incompletions were all interceptions right so um something that's going to mess me up for for the entirety of their careers, this whole Kenny Pickett, George Pickens, Pickett Pickens is just going to mess. I know it's going to mess me up. I know it's going to mess me up, but I want to go back um, a little bit on Pickens. All right. So what do you think the ceiling is with a player like Pickens? Well, do you mean this year or long-term? Well, both let's go with this. We'll start with this year. Look, my, my colleague, John Hanson, he's an ageist and he absolutely loves all young players or the, the the young players that he loves. He will tout to the moon, man. And, um, and he says it's not only is it George Pickens time, he is going to supplant Deontay Johnson by year's end as the guy to go to in that Steelers offense. I'm not willing to go that far. Uh, but what yeah. say you on Pickens versus DJ? Me neither. Um, like if he was that guy by the end of or or the beginning of 2023, I don't think I'd be totally surprised. Um, it Pickens over Deontay Johnson. But we, you know, you and I both agree that Deontay Johnson's a really good player. Right. Um, and, and like talk about meat left on the bone based on quarterback play. We know that's absolutely <laughs> Deontay Johnson. So right. Um, and I, I think Pickett 
it is really going to be tough with Pickett Pickens over the course of uh, their careers there. In Pittsburgh. <laughs> but yeah, I think Pickett's you know strengths are getting out on the move and everything like that, but also just running more of a timing based offense and like getting rid of the ball quick. That's what we saw yes. in preseason, right? And I think that's really going to fit Deontay Johnson, but just less of like the pop gun style that we saw with Ben Roethlisberger over the last few years. So no, I, I'm I'm not willing to say that he'll be the guy over Deontay Johnson by the end of this year. Cause I also don't think, I also don't think Pickens is really ready yet to do that. Like, I'm not sure he's there from a consistency standpoint as a route runner. I mean, I'm, I'm maintaining the right to change my mind on that because sure. I, I he just runs so many go routes. Like I, I it's really, really hard to analyze him from, from like a, from the, the first few weeks or whatever, but Hey, um, real quick, going, has, going back to his, going back to his college tape though. Did you see enough variance uh, in his route running in terms of like areas of the field that he can do well? Right. So like, yes. yeah, it, for yeah. the Steelers professionally. Okay. So he's running these go routes. He's trying to stretch the field. He's being an outside X receiver running deep routes. Okay, fine. But where we, where I love DJ and Deontay Johnson is the fact that, okay, he could do that. But he could also run the short stuff. He could also run the intermediate stuff. And in, in the NFL, the intermediate area is where you make your money, man. So can George Pickens do that well? I actually think that he was underrated as a short and intermediate area route runner was George Pickens, which is why it's been a little frustrating to see him just used so much as a deep threat um, through the first you know, chapter of his NFL career, because I think, I think you did see the signs, especially for his ability to get off the line of scrimmage. He was third best among rookies charted or prospects charted coming into this year in success rate versus press coverage. Like he could get off press and get open in the <clears throat> intermediate areas for sure. I mean, dig routes, out routes, stuff like that. You could totally see that ability for George Pickens. So I think he has like number one wide receiver talent. If he irons out some kinks in his game, Okay. And I think we have seen some of the kinks early on uh, through the first part of his rookie season. But yeah, then you see him come in with a new quarterback and immediately jive. Like, I think there is some staying power there. I, I, you know, the problem with Chase Claypool, as much as I, I dogged on him, like, I don't think there's a scenario, you know, my colleague Scott Pianowski at Yahoo is saying there's a scenario where like they just completely remove pick, uh, George, excuse me, Chase Claypool from the equation. I right. don't necessarily know that I see that happening. So from a pure like production standpoint, it's going to be tough for all, you know, Pickens and Johnson, I think, to hit with a rookie quarterback on a week to week basis. Um, but I do think there's a good ceiling for Pickens to chase this year. And then long term. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I'm not going to go so far as to say the sky is the limit, but I do think like number one X receiver type upside. He absolutely has that as player. Uh, I wanted to touch on Claypool as well. Um, we talked about Traylon Burks um, last week. Basically, you said he's basically learning a new position because he was an inside wide receiver throughout his collegiate career. And now Tennessee is asking him to play almost exclusively outside. We could use that exact same kind of uh, thought process with Claypool. No, last year, this is a guy that played, I think, about 75% of his snaps lined up as an outside X receiver. This year, I mean, he's probably north of 80% when he's lining up inside, either inline tight or as a slot. Could the same argu argument be made there where Claypool is essentially kind of learning a new position? Yeah, yeah, maybe. But he did do a lot of this stuff like more so in the slot, you know, more off the line of scrimmage as a rookie than he did in his second year. So I think they've moved him around a little bit, but the the problem that I think, you know, 
not comparing the Traylon Burks thing. Like it certainly is harder to go from a slot only player to an outside uh, only player like Burks was trying to do. And, you know, unfortunately Burks got hurt on Sunday. So, right. um, yeah, I, I, which I think sucks. Like, I think he really, um, I mean, he does let off every fantasy analyst. It was every single week. Like this is the Traylon Burks breakout week. Like it does let them <laughs> off the hook. They don't have to do that anymore. Um, <laughs> good. I bet you that, that broken clock doesn't, you don't have to try to hit that broke uh, clock or whatever. Um, that's funny. But, uh, it sucks for Burks because he's gonna he needs these reps like he needs those live game reps to continue to develop as an X. But I think it's harder right. to make the transition that Burks was doing than to go from being an outside guy to an inside guy, especially because Claypool has had reps as like an interior player most for sure the most this year. And I think that the thing I'm not willing to make an excuse about that is that like this is a this is a, a, a move out of necessity. Like you couldn't have Chase Claypool line up as a outside receiver anymore. He had to line up as a big slot. I don't think he's a hopeless player at this point. That's okay. why I think like he's going to stick around. Uh, like he's going to be involved in this receiver core. I just think like I am willing to sell any hopes and dreams. And I didn't really have much of them coming into this year that he can be like a consistent starting NFL receiver. <clears throat> this is the the Mike Tomlin way, which is basically he has his guys and those if you're a starter, you're going to play, I mean, damn near every snap. Right. Um, that's why we love him for fantasy. We know exactly who's going to be out there, you know, yada, yada, yada um, for the wide receiver room. I mean, other than the three guys we mentioned, there's really not a lot no, there. Yeah. Right. Like there's Miles Boykin, who played a couple of snaps, Gunnar Olszewski, who co- played a couple of snaps. So there's it's like if if you had this idea of Pittsburgh moving completely on from Claypool, I guess I I struggle to see where, how do they do that here this year? Maybe in 2023 they can draft or, or, or pick up somebody in free agency, but I I have trouble kind of envisioning that uh, for this season. Um, Calvin Austin was their rookie receiver that they drafted in the fourth round. Okay. Um, this past year, I really liked Calvin Austin in just in a sense of, oh, Calvin Austin was a guy who I think, you know, looks looks like, a oh, this is a gadgety only type of player. But it's like, holy hell, man, you know, he he goes up there. Um, he goes up there and gets it like he, he actually played a lot of outside receiver. You know, his, his reception perception profile is up on the site in like the mini roundup uh, samples okay. that I did for for prospects. So people should check that out. And like if he ever gets back from injury, because I know he's on injured reserve, but I think there's a chance he can return at some point. He's a guy to potentially think about as maybe their long term slot receiver because Deontay's locked up. Um, you know, George Pickens obviously is on a rookie contract. I think Calvin Austin did show real receiver traits, but still because of his size, I mean, he is tiny. He probably projects as a interior player. So just a name to file away in the back of your mind of like, okay, okay probably not. I, I would think it would be a long shot for him to be hurt and be a day three rookie and then come and make a bunch of noise this year, but like a <laughs> right. file away for long-term type of stuff. Okay. I did like Calvin Austin a little bit. I thought Kenny Pickett coming in cold. I thought I actually liked what I saw. And, and again, yeah, I know he threw three picks, but again, I, I saw a lot of what we saw in the preseason, you know, really good. I think intermediate area of the field. That's where I get really excited for somebody like Deontay Johnson. I, and man, I just think that, I start this segment by saying has Chase or has George Pickens arrived? And and really the conclusion that I that I came to after watching the game is that George Pickens is gonna help Deontay Johnson so much, man. 
you're going to now have a multi-varied attack a little bit. You're going to have a quarterback um, that is obviously able to sling the rock in, in a lot faster, read defenses faster than what Mitch Trubisky was doing. I think he's going to keep the chains moving. I think that he's going to lift this, help lift this offense yeah. much in a way that Zach Wilson did on the other side, which is, look, Zach Wilson did not play well, but he's <laughs> got a trio of receivers that are help helping lift what he's doing. And whatever you think about Kenny Pickett, it's like that's what they've got with Pickens and Deontay Johnson there in Pittsburgh. I think those guys will, you know, obviously help lift the quarterback play. And you're hoping that Pickett's got enough juice, enough juice to help lift the offense as a team. That's what we're hoping here, man. So um, and I'm really hopeful. Like I said, I kind of sort of liked what I saw. I loved what I saw in the preseason. I liked what I saw there coming in relief, coming in cold. Um, at halftime as well for Pickett. So I think the Steelers have a lot to be excited about um, in the next few weeks here. I'm with you, man. I mean, we just needed a quarterback to come in here and get this offense moving a little bit. Yes. Okay, like enough of the little pop gun stuff, enough of like the little, you know, dump off routes and just the super low percent. I do think like Matt Canada, maybe not the best offensive coordinator in the entire world. <laughs> but uh, we do need some so a quarterback to come right. in here and kind of elevate things, that's for sure. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Reception Reception, the show now. James Cole and Matt Harmon. I want to talk about Rashad Bateman, okay? Because Reception Perception, the .com, the website, for the very first time, you're doing your in-season track. And Rashad Bateman was one of the guys that you've been tracking this season. What you have found is that he's playing pretty well. Mm -hmm. Okay, help me and help the listeners kind of like jive that with, well, dude, he's not doing anything on the field, right? So like the the on-field production and the reception perception numbers don't quite match up. What is not connecting? Well, first of all, I would say, you know, obviously in the first two weeks, he puts it in the box score, right? Two catches, 59 yards and a touchdown the first week, four catches, 108 yards and a touchdown in week two. The last two weeks, though, yeah, 
two catches, 59 yards against the Bills, three catches, 17 yards and a loss. Uh, excuse me, uh, two catches, 59 yards against Patriots, three yep. catches, 17 yards and a loss against the Bills. Um, the biggest problem for Rashad Bateman and, um, you know, the moment you, you noticed this was happening, you had to know, like, okay, until this changes – he's going to be a volatile producer, which is what I think he has been so far. So far, like in a routes per drop back standpoint in week one, 73.5% of the routes, uh, week two, 70.9% of the routes, week three, 79.4%, week four, it drops down to 52.6%. But coach John Harbaugh said this morning, uh, we're recording this on Monday, like you said, Right. He he got a, he's got like a foot injury, I think, or something like that. I, I can't he's got a, he did get banged up um in that yeah, game. That's why he, he didn't left play momentarily much in the and half. then yeah. yeah, second half was no, nowhere to be found. I know, which is a bummer because the play he got hurt on was so unnecessary. Like it was one where he had just was right right at the line of scrimmage and Lamar threw it all the way from the right side all the way to the left side and Bateman just got clobbered like on a real like kind of nonsense play. Like you don't even really need, want to be throwing that ball at that point. Although I guess it gets you one PPR point in fantasy. Um, so <laughs> there you go. Bate, Bateman's just not, he hasn't been playing enough. I mean, we wanted to see like that's 79.4% routes per dropback rate in week three. It's like, okay, that's encouraging because it's the highest of the season. Like in a game, you know, going forward, can he get up to like 85, 90% because he is so far and away the best receiver on this team, but they had been rotating through the first few weeks. And then he suffers this injury in week four really problematic um i mean he is a guy right now health aside put that put that aside for a second he's a guy that it, it, you know he can give you like a like a four catch 108 yards and a touchdown week like he did in week two or he can give you that two catches for 59 yards that he had against the patriots like th just that road was going to be rocky until we saw the playing time level out um so you know, in a game against the Bills secondary that obviously they're not going to give you anything deep, right? That we've seen right. that throughout the course <clears throat> of the, the football season so far that they're going to really limit those big plays. They're going to, they, even with guys banged up in the secondary, you know, they don't have their top cornerback, Tredavious White. They've been playing a bunch of rookies at corner. They're like veteran star safeties are are hurt for, for the time being. And, and mm -hmm. one, I think, is out for the entire season. So even despite that, one thing Sean McDermott secondaries have always done is they communicate really well in zone coverage. I mean, I remember when he was the defense coordinator of the Panthers, they would cycle in like dusty veteran after dusty veteran at, at like one starting <laughs> cornerback spot and a total unknown young guy at the other. And they'd always have really good pass defenses because Sean McDermott gets those guys to communicate in zone coverage really well. So against a secondary like that, yeah, a big play guy like Bateman, it's, it's really hard to trust. So that's the problem that and, – and now he's got this injury – and he's kind of dealt with injuries a little bit throughout his entire NFL career. Like there's always kind right. of something popping up, which is unfortunate. I just, he's not a guy that you can trust to give you steady production, which is unfortunate. Cause I do think his, his play is there. Um, just, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what to say. Like why they weren't playing him a ton. It's very weird. You know, his uh, snap percentage right now um, on the offensive side of the football is the same as Devin DuVernay, right? So they've And they've both only played about 57% of the snaps total. Um, you know, Mark Andrews, in comparison, has played 88% of the snaps. And so obviously Mark Andrews and Lamar, they've got that mind meld going, and, you know, he's their safety blanket and, and all of those things. But, you know, from a production standpoint, I think you can explain it with, okay, he's just not on the field enough. Uh, not running enough routes. 
And and the way they treat their passing attack after Mark Andrews, it's kind of sort of a grab bag. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we saw Devin Duvernay catch a couple touchdowns there in week one. Um, a long, you know, um, splash play from Rashad Bateman there in week number two. So, yeah, it's it's very it's hard to kind of figure. Uh, and, and then I will also say this coming into week four. This was not a high volume passing attack anyways. Right. right. So they were bottom 10 uh, in the NFL in total pass attempts. So, um, yeah, I it's it's just the, the funny thing, James, the funny thing, James, like about coming into this week, because, again, I want to just make that clear about like he did suffer this injury in week four. And now we don't really know what the future holds. But in weeks one through three, the routes run Mark Andrews, 89 Rashad Bateman, 74. So there's even a pretty big little bit of a drop off there from one to two. Yep. But then to three, it goes all the way. Devin Duvernay at 57, Demarcus Robinson <laughs> at 44, you know, Isaiah likely 42, uh, Patrick Ricard, the fullback at 31. So it's like really the only two guys actually running routes on a routine basis. It's Bateman and it's Andrews until this past week with the injury. So, right. um, and, and yeah, I mean, other than like the route participation data for Bateman, everything, you know, everything else is is kind of sort of there. I mean, the target share, you'd like it to be higher, but the air yards, 30, 31 point or 30.1%. percent um, You know, he's averaging just a, you know, 14.4 air yards per target, uh, 10 yards after the catch per reception. So um, he's, uh, he's just playing well. He just wasn't getting enough opportunities. And now we have this injury question, which is pretty, uh, pretty unfortunate for Bateman. All right, let's flip to the other side of that same game. Okay, so the Ravens take on the Bills. Um, and for the Bills, I mean, I know that they go out there and they win this game, uh, but it was not the high-flying, high-scoring affair that Vegas and the fans were really expecting uh, because the Ravens' pass secondary has been absolutely torched by right. everyone. Yeah. And the Bills come in and you're thinking, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, these boys are going to cook, but they don't. Um, they had to win kind of a low scoring, gritty affair. What is going on with this Bills passing attack, man? Couple of things here. I mean, for this game in particular, like I just, I'm not, I'm not super worried about it. Right? It was a, it was just a different way to win, right? You know, I think mm -hmm. that from a Bills standpoint, you, you actually kind of like to see that. It was interesting that, you know, Buffalo wasn't able to get over on this Baltimore pass defense that had been so so exploitable i mean what we saw tyree kill and jalen waddle do to those guys you know uh even Devonte parker like <laughs> goes up and down exactly with without ever getting open but uh you know mac jones just <laughs> just throwing the ball up in tight coverage along the sideline Devonte parker making big plays so that was certainly surprising um you know I, I again i think that with a lot of these teams even even josh allen is you know have kind of fallen victim to this almost everybody's like completions of 20 plus yards or their average depth of throw is down um, this year. Like passing in general is kind of down this year. So I do think when teams want to, they can sell out to stop like deep passes. And that does make sense with what has happened with the bills so far in, in certain matchups. Right. I think this, that's right. a lot of what I saw at least from this Ravens defense this past week was that they were going to, they were not going to give it up to Josh Allen deep. Right. Um, you know, that's why you saw some of the, the splits that they did. I think right now what's really kind of problematic for Buffalo. And this is weird to say because everybody was so, um, you know, excited about this receiver group coming in. I, I think 
they're struggling a little bit to to get something going beyond Stefan Diggs. I mean, Devin Singletary has had a ton of production as a receiver the last two yeah. weeks. Which we know we know that the Bills wanted to get somebody else involved. Like they wanted or they wanted somebody to be a check down guy in that backfield, right? Because they tried to sign JD McKissick. They got super pissed when Washington brought brought him back. They drafted James Cook. (laughs) But lo and behold, James, over the last two weeks, 16 targets, 13 catches, 125 yards for Devin Singletary. From a yardage standpoint, he's their second leading receiver the last two weeks. So Oh boy. That that's they have struggled a little bit. And I think the biggest problem is whether it's injury or whatever. I mean, Gabe Davis has been dealing with an ankle injury. We know he missed week two. He's only been targeted on 9.5% of his routes run he's he's not earning targets or not getting involved whether that's because you know in my opinion coming into this year he was only a deep game specialist like Mm -hmm. he certainly makes plays down the field but he's not ready to be a consistent wide receiver too that you know wins in the short to intermediate areas intermediate areas like we talked about earlier and i think that's been a huge problem 41 targets for stefan Diggs, 14 on the year with one game missed of course for gabe davis like that they haven't gotten enough out of that spot. And now they're, they've got injuries mounting, you know, Jamison Crowder, Jamison Crowder gets hurt. He's going to be out indefinitely. Isaiah McKenzie, on the other hand, has earned a target on 20.6% of his routes run so far. So, but he's got a concussion. He's probably out for next week. You'd think maybe, Um, I don't know. So that, that's been the biggest problem for Buffalo is that they haven't really had another guy step up consistently in their wide receiver room. It's so interesting because Buffalo and back-to-back weeks had such juicy matchups on paper. Um, and it just has not really translated. Um, I think what a lot of what Baltimore did, um, and what Miami did, and really this is a league wide trend, right? They're going too high safety. They're going mm-hmm. cover two and they're saying, okay, beat us underneath. And if you can matriculate all the way down the field, 13 play drive, good for you. Right. Um, but, and, and they're hoping that Josh Allen gets impatient, which has fed into Devin Singletary getting all of these check downs, which by the way, that's an encouraging sign from a quarterbacking perspective for Josh yes, Allen, it is. Yeah, because uh, a mobile quarterback, as we know, they don't, they tend not to check down, right? Like they are more than happy to just scramble out of the pocket and run. Um, but the checkdowns for Devin Singletary, I think, show a maturation and growth uh, from a quarterbacking position for Josh Allen. But again, I go back, I look at what Baltimore does, and either they're going they're they're going too high a lot, and they're either going to go press or they're going to go bracket coverage on Stephon Diggs, and they're they're daring somebody else in a Buffalo uniform, make a play, make a damn play. Um, And I'm not sure that these guys are necessarily doing it. Gabe Davis, as you mentioned, still battling that ankle injury. When I look at these, when I look at these practice videos of Gabe Davis, he doesn't look right. Like he's out there fighting, you know, but when you're Mm -hmm. out there fighting, good for you. I'm glad you're on the field and you're, 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 you know, you're trying to be a good teammate. Cool. (laughs) But that being said, he's, he's very limited right now, you know? So I don't know, man. Um, somebody's got to step up and I'm surprised it's not Isaiah McKenzie, to be honest with you. Well, McKenzie had a pretty good game against Miami. Um, you know, he had six targets in this game against Baltimore. Uh, but of course he's only getting like four point. He's another, he's kind of a check down guy too, right? 4.7 air yards per target against Baltimore. Right. That's sort of the guy that he is right now. Um, and again, yeah, you know, obviously we know he's, he's injured. He's got a concussion. He might not, yep. he might not play. Um, 
I do think McKenzie can step up a little bit when he's healthy. Um, but I'd also like what, and one other point too, about the, the Singletary thing, the way I heard it all off season, like consuming some bills, beat writers and stuff like that, is that this team by drafting James cook um, wanted to, and, and playing Isaiah McKenzie more as that pop gun slot receiver, they wanted to incentivize Josh Allen, like take the check down because these guys can do stuff with it after the catch. And despite the fact that like James Cook is not really playing and it is still Devin Singletary, I agree yeah. with your point that it, it's a huge feather in Josh Allen's cap that he's still doing it, even though it's still the same old guy, like the same old guy that's been there before catching passes. The fact that he's taking those checkdowns is a good thing. So I just wanted to, to say that. I would just say that we do need to keep an eye on, on Khalil Shakir, a okay. guy who um, was a day three rookie. I was a pretty big fan of uh, his, just like I said with Calvin Austin earlier, his reception perception mini sample is up in the the rookie roundup i believe that was from like april i wrote that article on the website mm -hmm. but people can if you just search khalil shakir on the website it'll pop up um trust me uh the khalil shakir good player in college could run pretty solid routes um but the thing that was really interesting about him is he was really good in the open field i mean had awesome contact balance awesome ability to stay upright when running after the catch so they haven't necessarily trusted him a ton with a lot of work, but he was active last week uh, against the Baltimore Ravens, got a few snaps on offense. Um, you know, I wouldn't say he went out there and was like, oh yeah, let me definitely command this guy's commanding more work, but he run 10 routes, ran 10 routes against the Ravens. And I, he's a guy I think we need to keep an eye on. Um, when I take a look at the, uh, the mini sample that you had written about him, you charted that he had lined up about 52% uh, as in slot or backfield player. Um, and there seems to be a lot of green in terms of that short intermediate area, you know, like um, on the curl and the comeback and the slant route. So um, that's got to be encouraging, no? Yeah, I agree with you. I think he um, he's very, very different from Gabe Davis. But, um, you know, that's the thing we also have to remember about Gabe Davis, I think, because he was such a guy that was talked about so much in the fantasy space. It's like, yeah. That, oh, this guy could, you know, really take the leap, whatever. And I mean, obviously it hasn't happened so far. It could still happen towards back half of the season. But Gabe Davis was just like a fourth round pick, you know, Khalil Shakir, fifth round pick, Isaiah McKenzie, kind of a journeyman guy, Jameson Crowder, yeah. veteran guy. Like they don't necessarily have, you know, even Dawson Knox was a third round tight end. And, you know, Dawson Knox season has been a little up and down. It's not like they've had they really their 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 package that they've invested in the most outside of uh, Steph Diggs is uh is James Cook, you know, and he's a running back and he hasn't really, <laughs> hasn't really been playing. It was kind of a strange pick, but so yeah, like these guys are all lower pedigree guys. So I feel like if somebody like Shakir comes out there and does show that he can win on those short routes, can win on those intermediate routes, you know, he might have staying power in this receiver core just because nobody here, and they did sign Isaiah McKenzie to a pretty decent contract to come back, but still, a lot of room for um, growth and change in this Buffalo receiver court. If Shakir can get on the field and show that he can win on those routes, they need somebody to, they need somebody to do that. They need somebody to win on those patterns because defenses are just not going to give them the deep ball. And really that is, that's the Gabe Davis play. Like they need him to remain the team's deep threat, but they need yeah. somebody else to step up in those short to intermediate areas. It, it's a little bit, when I see uh, Stefan Diggs, it's a little bit like Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase where um, they see cover two all day long and they finally, finally, finally see man up cover one, right? And it's like press on the line. That yeah. ball's going to digs. It doesn't, it doesn't freaking matter. You know? Like so that's true. what's so, they just force feed it. 
Um, and it's like Burrow with Chase. And it works. You know, it's like, and it works. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com therapy60. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Reception Perception, the show now. James Cole and Matt Harmon. All right, I want to close out the show by talking about uh, another rookie in Alec Pierce. Is there something to get excited about if you're a Colts fan? Posted a pretty decent line. Saw six targets, four receptions, and 80 yards, including a couple areas of the field where in areas of the field where we know he's good and that's downfield yeah i like alec pierce a lot um you know his his pace got kind of messed up because he missed week two with the concussion and you know michael Pittman also also missed that week two it was just a weird game uh for the indianapolis colts overall we're gonna see this guy we're gonna see these guys on thursday night uh this week man which oh my god i mean the colts and broncos is anybody looking forward to watching that game <laughs> Broncos lose uh, Javante Williams. Jonathan Taylor's uh, at least going to come into this game banged up if he plays at all. But I think over the last um, look over the last three two weeks, we've seen a lot from Alec Pierce. You know, and you're right. What's really encouraging about him is that he continues to get over like 14 air yards per target. Like he continues to be a guy that they use down the field. And I I really think that that's a that's a good compliment for Michael Pittman who you know, is, is a true, like big number one receiver, Mm -hmm. but they probably want to use him more on those like dig routes, curl routes, slant routes, stuff like that to just pile up catches. You know, I compared him in the, in the preseason, like a hybrid between Pete Allen Robinson and Pete Keenan Allen, um, which is, you know, sort of, again, he's going to pile up those catches in that area, but having a downfield burner like Alec Pierce would be super helpful. Um, the, the, the problem for Pierce is that he's even last week, 17 routes run. Like he, he's got to get over, um, Paris Campbell who did fall down to like 28 routes run on like 41 dropbacks. You know, Michael Pittman obviously leads the way at, with 38 routes on 41 Matt Ryan dropbacks. Like it just is kind of like, like Paris Campbell, we need to stop. well well i feel like i feel like what we're seeing in the nfl is if you flame out as an outside wide receiver they're gonna kick you inside and that's your last chance (laughs) and it's like if you can't kick inside and play as an inside wide receiver then you're done 
but Pierce is pretty good, man. He can play. The problem is just how much juice can we squeeze out of the Colts passing game? Because Matt Ryan does not look good. You know, one-to-one touchdown interception ratio. His, his fumbling problem would even make Melvin Gordon blush uh, Matt (laughs) Ryan back there in the pocket. So, okay. We just, the Naheem Hines had a really interesting quote uh, this morning, Monday, where he was talking about like, you know, we, we always start, slow i'm paraphrasing here and i'm butchering it but you know we always kind of start slow because every year we have a new quarterback we're always it's like trying to figure the whole thing out all over again um which i feel for i feel the colts on that standpoint they they literally do always have a terrible september and you know part of it is like you know they break in not just a different quarterback but a totally different type of quarterback uh, every single year so pretty pretty interesting stuff from naheem, naheem hines to come out and say that um i i think there's a chance though like Alec Pierce from I'll definitely keep an eye on like what his uh, his receiving yard prop is in this game against Denver because you know Patrick Sertan cornerback for Denver is awesome he is yeah, he is down. definitely one of the next up and coming guys um you know it, it, is he elite already I think it's fair to ask the question he had a great matchup with Devontae Adams Adams ends up getting nine catches 13 targets but those guys are going at it every single you know every single snap so if he's lined up against Michael Pittman you know, maybe that frees up Alec Pierce to for some more work down the field. It's just, is Matt Ryan going to have the time to get him the ball? I do think Pierce can play. So he's a guy I'm definitely keeping my eye on the rest of the season. Pierce is that dude that that is that profiles as like my type of player, right? Like you're talking oh, about yeah. a, a big dude, you know, 6'3", 211 pounds, uh, ran a real solid 40, a 4'4", 140, had a 40 and a half inch vertical, checks all the boxes for me. And you know what else, you know what other box he checks for me? He's a contested catch guy, right? So like, I love that. I love that about players, wide receivers uh, who try to win down the field, man. And, and that's what he does. There's a lot to get excited about for sure. Cause he is, uh, an absolute vertical threat. I would bet that by the end of the season, he is the wide receiver too for the Colts. And the sooner that that happens, I think the better for the offense uh, at this I, point, because he just brings so much juice to the table. I think by the end of the year, it'll be kind of fun, right? Because like Matt Ryan is going to be more comfortable with this offense. Uh, hopefully it's offensive. So, line. Yeah. Well, we hope this offensive line gels too, because right now they're not playing very well either. Um, say whatever you want about Matt Ryan, but I think the one thing I have appreciated about him in his career is that he will let his guys try and go yeah. get it. You know, it's not, it's like the opposite of like, like a Baker, you know, it's like, or an op, you know, it's the exact opposite of like Kirk cousins. Even if he sees the guys covered, he's like, well, I hope yeah, my guy can go get it. Man. I don't know. We'll see, but that's a lot of fun, man. So, all right, great show. Put another show in the books, but our time does run short. For Matt Harmon, I'm James Coe. We'll see you.